Introducing D'Addario XT. With D'Addario's proprietary high-carbon steel wire and fusion twist technology, XT strings give every player unprecedented brake resistance plus unyielding tuning stability. These strings are made to stay for performance that never fades away. Chris Keys for from your guitar. I'm hanging out in Nashville, Tennessee, in my wonderful home, and I'm joined today by Gabe of Enterprise Earth, Delusions of Grandeur, Harvest of Color. But most probably most most people know you maybe through Enterprise Earth. So, Gabe, how you doing? Uh, doing well, man. Just hanging out here in Taos, New Mexico, and uh, yeah, just enjoying the summer. How about you? Man, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. As, as you just said, I'm enjoying the summer. Uh, I, I love the fact that you got the pooch behind you. So I, I, I'm a big dog guy myself. Yeah, that's, that, that's <laughs> Jiro, Jiro, the, Jiro the studio dog. Mr. Studio dog. <laughs> Schnoozing right now. So. Yeah, I was going to say, he looks, he looks really excited about this. Oh, he's stoked. If it wasn't like hot today, he'd be way more stoked. But I, and hopefully he doesn't get too stoked or else things <laughs> may get messy around, around these parts. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, right on, man. Let's just start talking about it. I want to talk about your gear, and I think that's where we should start. But I think it's interesting to say not only are you in New Mexico, which is you know probably the first person I've ever talked to that is living in New Mexico, but also <laughs> the fact that uh, you're inside your like home. This is a trailer, and you kind of uh, are a vagabond. You're you're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. This is my home. This is uh, Nessa, my 7 by 16 foot uh, cargo trailer that has been retrofitted to a studio and little tiny home. I've been living out of this thing for um, about three years now, and uh, I love it. I love the mobile lifestyle and um, places I can go with it and, you know, things I can do. And it's very uh, comforting and to have everything I need in, in one spot. And if I want to pick up and go, I can just I can just go. Well, so is New Mexico pretty much a home base for you, like uh, in, in terms of uh, maybe putting semi roots down? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm right now I'm in Taos, New Mexico, which is like a little mountain town in northern New Mexico at the foothills of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Um, I, I spent more time here in Taos than I have anywhere else since I moved out of Pittsburgh uh, three or four years ago, something like that. And um, spent a lot of time here, spent a handful of summers and springs and falls here. So I, I really love this area of northern New Mexico and southern Colorado. It's just, uh, it's really nice, especially in the summer, because uh, we're at high elevation, about 7,000 feet. So the summers don't get too, too hot up here. Right on. Well, and, and I, I guess we can transition this back to gear and guitar talk is with the new EP that uh, Enterprise put out, is this, were you recording or kind of doing anything here actually in your mobile studio? Yeah, everything was done in the box, uh, in the box, meaning in the laptop and then in the box as in my box uh, <laughs> house structure. Um, yeah, everything was produced, mixed and mastered in here. I recorded guitars and bass in here. Dan did his vocals at home in his closet. And then Brandon did drum, drums in Long Beach in, in, uh, in, uh, over in L.A. And then everything was sent to me, uh, mixed and mastered here. And uh, yeah, that's how we did it for, for the last EP. Man, that's awesome. And how much, what do you enjoy about kind of having your hands in the whole thing, not only writing and creating the music, but also like producing and engineering and kind of putting everything together, making the whole pie? 
Yeah, it was uh, well, the Foundations of Bones EP. Well, that was the first EP that we've self self produced, and um, uh, like I've been, you know, making you know just demo songs for years now. But then the whole COVID thing kind of prompted action, and I was like, yeah, screw it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for it and see what happens. And uh, I just yeah, it's I, I love production. I like I like mixing a lot, and um, yeah, we're we are all very stoked with the uh, the final product, and and now we're gonna self produce our coming uh, album which is being almost, it's almost done being written uh, as of today. So. Wow, that's awesome. It's, it's a good way to be productive in kind of dark, unknown, uncertain times. Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's just start talking about your Ibanez RG. I know that you've, you've sure. moved on to Strictly 7 and 8 strings, you know, Strictly the brand, mm -hmm. but also Strictly uh, yeah. the actual like <laughs> use of <Yes>. the word. <laughs> But um, mm -hmm. you started off with the Ibanez 6, the RG. Tell me about this thing because it's a Frankenstein, right? Yes, this guitar is a total Frankenstein. Uh, so quick backstory on this guitar. I purchased uh, a 91 RG 550 off eBay like seven or eight years ago, and it was all purple. I, I love just purple, and I love like the old like 80s like shredder, purple, neon, purple, green, yellow color guitars and stuff like that. And... Um, I was, we were filming a music video for one of my old bands and I thought I'd be cool and do the old flip thing, but uh, I guess my strap lock was stripped out and it like flew off and the guitar broke in half. <laughs> um, but the neck survived. So I found a body on eBay from 87, which I believe was the first year they started making the RG550s. So I got the body from 87, the neck from 91, did the old Steve Vai swirl paint job or my attempt at doing that when it like my 19 year old self attempt at doing that and uh <laughs> yeah this thing i love the tone of this thing it sounds great for like rhythms and leads and all kinds of stuff and uh yeah this guitar is 100 percent my baby wouldn't sell it for any amount of money or anything like that did you pull the pickups out of this one or is that the the pickups that came in the second body um, I, they, 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 these are were new pickups for this one. Uh, I have bare knuckle nail bombs here in the bridge and the neck, and I believe it's a trilogy suite for the middle pickup. And uh, yeah, I've, um, I have bare knuckle pickups in most of my guitars here. Well, actually, sorry, two of my guitars here. Um, but I really like bare <laughs> knuckles. It's yeah, it's between bare knuckles and uh, Lundgrens are usually the pickups I use. How did you get turned on to those and what made those kind of be your, the pickups you want to speak with when your tone comes to barking? Um, probably, I, I think like Misha from Periphery, I think was one of the first people that I had heard of using bare knuckles. And um, I was a young genty boy at the time. So I, uh, <laughs> I was just worshiping everything Periphery did, I think at the time, but um, oh. I tried them out and I, I, I loved, I just love the tone of these things. Bark is a great way to put it. They have a nice barky mid-range, crisp top end, really full bottom end. Um, and yeah, but it, and they're extremely versatile too. Everything from the highest gain tones to like beautiful lush cleans, these pickups can do. Um, and yeah, I really love, really love bare knuckles, especially these nail bombs. Right on. And, and is this something that still gets used with Enterprise stuff, or has this kind of been pushed aside because of the more extended range instruments? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Enterprise, we don't really play sixes because uh, we like to tune very low. So um, this guitar has been used for Delusions of Grandeur and the Harvest Color songs and recordings. Um, I also use this guitar for leads, too. Um, so if um, so I, I'm planning on actually using it for, for leads on, on the coming Enterprise album just because I love just like the tone of like this, this classic guitar. Um, just 
just very unique and yeah, especially in the uh, neck pickup position like it's you don't really have guitars that sound like an old rg does in the neck and um yeah I'm can we hear that planning on yeah sure i'll see see what i can do with it <laughs> It's just like really like it has like a nice roundness to it, but like you know that classic percussive slappiness that like you get with a neck pickup. But um, I don't know. I just like really like the it's just like really round and smooth sounding, and like when it gets into a mix too, it just like cuts like really really like really well. And um, I don't know. It's just like I think it's just these old RGs and like this guitar in particular. You know, like some guitars are just special and in certain people's hands they're special and th this one always feels like special in my hands so i always feel like really comfortable playing it um except when there's a camera watching me uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh, no i i just really it's just a really nice natural tone uh that's just so versatile i, I think that's just why i enjoy every aspect of this guitar uh one of my favorite pieces is uh i want to say and and maybe you weren't a part of that but I've seen you do it live. Is Spring to Come? Is that a solo that the RG was on, or is that something different? Yeah, yeah. This, uh, the yeah, this that was recorded with this guitar that uh, rhythms and lead. And this guitar is also tuned to uh, an open C minor tuning right now. It's a C G C C G C G C uh, E flat. Um, so you get this really nice minor chord. I go to a clean tone. Just like a really nice, nice. I don't know. It's something about C minor is just very sad. You know, it's a, like a, a Moonlight Sonata. You know, just uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you like about open tunings? I know that that's something something you do use beyond uh, just the you know uh, the tunings that you use with Enterprise Earth. I know that you use open tunings to kind of unlock doors. Yeah, it's just uh, open tunings are great, especially if you're not comfortable with the tuning because it forces you to play in a different way. It, like you don't have your, your all your standard go-tos. Um, you know, you can't do your standard box shapes or your standard runs and licks and stuff like that. So it kind of forces your mind to kind of just think outside the box and forces you to create new patterns and ideas. Well, right on, man. Let's uh, move on down to the next guitar. What do you got laying sure. on the bed? So next up... We have also one of my favorite guitars. I love playing six string guitars, especially like playing extended range instruments with Enterprise because going back to 25 and a half just always feels like home and is like just so refreshing after being mm -hmm. all stretched out for playing these like super large guitars. Um, but yeah, this is <laughs> Now a is this Sermo something yeah. that you use with, uh, I was gonna say, is this something you use for Harvest of Color? Yeah, I use this for Harvest Color and this is another one that I will use for leads uh, on Enterprise songs. Um, just cause it's, again, if I can play something on a six string, it just makes life way easier and more comfortable, uh, it, 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 whenever, I, whenever I'm here in the studio. So, but, um, yeah, this is my, this is a Sir, Sir Modern. Got this, I don't know, like seven or eight years ago, something like that. Um, let's see what it's tuned to cause I'm not sure. <laughs> Slightly out of tune. I could have prepared better than that. How unprofessional of me. It looks like we're in standard. But, um, yeah, this guitar is... I love Sir guitars. I wish they made like a super baritone eight string so I could like just have that because I would totally pay money for that. <laughs> I'm sure if you paid the right amount of price, they'd build it for you. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. I, I mean, I, I, know, I know they do baritones. They, uh, I, they do sevens. I don't think they go past like 26 or 26 and a half scale length. 
but for like the like the, the tunings that I'm in, it's like I need like at least twenty seven and a half, twenty eight, something like that. And uh these guitars are already expensive enough, so I don't know if I could pocket a full custom sir eight string twenty five and a half inch scale. That may be for uh when I get a little more sometime in the future. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a goal. Yes, long term goal. <laughs> Well, uh, if you don't mind, Gabe, you want to kind of give us a, a tone test of what this guitar sounds like through how you're playing sure. it? Sure. And I'm actually, I'm going to switch over tones here to, I'll switch over here to uh, a new plugin by Neural DSP. Um, I love the Neural stuff. And it's the new archetype Corey Wong uh, oh, plugin. All right. Yeah, this plugin is killer for like funk and clean tones and stuff like that. Let me make sure I got it here. I'm gonna use this opportunity to uh, plug our podcast that Corey hosts. Corey's Corey does our podcast, so yeah. Oh hell yeah! So anything yeah. Corey yeah. wants, we're we're a fan of it from your guitar. Hell yeah! Yeah, I mean yeah, this yeah I I love Wolfpack and all of Corey's playing and stuff like that too. He's a killer player, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just like really good, like slappy, you know, standard funk. Uh, I'm not much of a slapper, but I'll give it a shot. Just a any kind of like funky, whatever you want to do with it is like really, it's just fun. It's like a lot of fun to play with. It has like, you know, the, the envelope filter. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's just a lot of fun, like to play with this one. And uh, what do you got yes. in the pickups there? Uh, I know that I can see that it's an HH HSS setup. What are your pickups? Um, they're just uh, whatever the stock Sir pickups are in these. Um, I don't know if they have a specific name, but I've I've never changed these ones out. They're the ones that came with the guitar. And um, right. yeah, I like these. I like these ones a lot. They're killer. That's an, another like this. I mean, Sir makes incredible instruments. And um, yeah, however, just I liked it the way it was out of the box. It just cuts really well. Same, it's kind of like I like this guitar for the same reasons I like the RG. It's just got like a really uh, versatile tone. It's clear and crisp and just slices straight through a mix. And yeah, I have not felt the need to change these pickups yet. Right, right on. Mm -hmm. What do you got on the on the top of the headstock there? Is that for like uh, kind of muting strings? Oh yeah, that's just the uh, the old groove gear fret wrap thing. Um, yeah, just for muting all that oh, the overtones and excess noise that you might not want to hear uh, in the studio. So, just some standard standard dampening up there. Uh, as we move on, uh, before we move on to the seven or eight strings, what are you using on your RG and the the sewer for for uh, strings and gauges and brand? Uh, sure. Um, this. I have this is a 10 to 52 Diodario NYXLs. Um, I will use I'll use the 10 to 52 in standard drop D and dadgad on this thing. Uh, it's just because I, I tend to flip between those tunings a lot when I'm using this guitar, and um, all of those th those tensions feel fine and intonate in all of those in all of those tunings. Um, the RG also have NYXLs, but I think it's uh it's like a 10 to 56, I believe. Um, and okay. that's just cause that one's, it, that one's in like C, you know, drop C minor, uh, drop, you know, sometimes drop C. So just go like a little thicker for, for, for the uh, low strings down there. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, let's move on to the next guitar, Gabe. What, what do you got sure. else? What else is over to land there? Sure. Um, I guess we'll go, we'll go to the eight string over there. Um, 
because why not? Yeah, right. So this, let me switch tones. I don't know if archetype Corey Wong is the appropriate tone for this guitar. So let me uh, <laughs> switch, switch that one out real quick. Yeah, no, Corey is very uh, limber in his musicality, but I don't know if he gents. <laughs> Although I, I have, I have like just you know, just when I got the plug-in, I just jamming through. It's just, it's, it's just a killer plug-in. I mean, th this thing does clean tones great, and if I found a need to do something with that kind of stuff, I'm sure it could handle it just fine. So this, um, this is a company called Dalbello, who unfortunately is not in business anymore. Um, they used to make killer custom guitars. They're based out of Toronto. Um, but they had some, there was some really weird, like, fallout between the, uh, the main builder and one of his employees. And someone stole some things and left the country and all kinds of weird shit. And it was right, like right when I was oh, wow. like in the middle, of, it was right in the middle of like my build too. So I was like very concerned. I was like, uh, can I, can I get my guitar please? And then like, you know, we're good uh, <laughs> before things get too crazy. <laughs> but, um, they, they, they did, uh, make amazing guitars. And th this guitar was rec recommended to me by a friend years ago. And I, when I, the need came for a custom eight string because uh, with the tunings that we play in, it's you almost have to go custom. There's very few companies that like make like the specs that like I, I know that I need for an eight string. And uh, yeah, Dalbello did it, and yeah, they just they did a killer job at this thing. It's um, swamp ash body. I don't know if we can see in the camera, but it's like black, like a charcoal with like a red grain fill. I love the finish. Um, this one has. Lundgren M8s in here again killer pickups. It's it's either these or bare knuckles for me um, For like the heavier metal stuff. I love I love the Lundgrens. They just they just cut and just sound so mean and We have a 20 multi-scale 28 and a quarter to 26.75 uh, on the treble end um, Which I found it for me to be like the ideal um, scale length or multi-scale for for playing the low tunings that we play in and you know facilitating leads and whatnot so for me and and this with the strings i have on it also intonates the slow d yeah because you'll drop uh, that d well. on people if or they're just not looking enough, you'll drop the d on so, them yeah this is a great guitar <laughs> you gotta just you know uh <laughs> what what are some other specs that uh that you didn't maybe so much run down as you kind of gave us the uh overview of the guitar that you need or are looking for or know that works for the band uh that the extended uh tunings you guys use what are some specs that you like if i have a custom guitar if i'm paying for this i know i need this this and that sure um and a lot of it i should say I'm gonna multitask. I'm gonna tune this while I go over shit. But uh, a, a lot of it comes down to the player too, and like it's just getting comfortable with the way you play. Because um, first of all, with these like low tunings, like you know we're at, we're at a base, uh, a standard bass D right now, which is pretty freaking low for a guitar. Yeah. Uh, it's beyond what a guitar was originally designed to do. And uh, you know standard bass standard bass go length is what like 33 inches, 35 inches, some mm -hmm. some 34 somewhere in there. Um, and, and we're at 28 and a quarter. So you, you would, you know, for a bass, you got to go six, almost six more inches to get proper, proper tension and intonation and all that stuff. Um, so a lot of it's just experimenting. I, but it's also comfortability too, and, and playability. Cause, um, the last album Luciferous, um, uh, Jason Sukoff, he had, uh, an Ibanez M8, M80M, which is a 
that that guitar is an absolute monster in every single shape and way, shape and form. But uh, that guitar is uh, 29.4 inches, um, which intonates and holds everything like a laser. But it's so damn uncomfortable to play, especially technical things and leads. Just it's you're so stretched out. Um, so you gotta kind of compromise and find something that you can be comfortable playing leads and rhythms and everything on. But you also need appropriate scale length. You also need appropriate string gauges uh, to make sure everything intonates and you know holds tune. Because if you have, um, you know, if you have too, I mean, I can, you can do it now if you hit it hard enough. But if you have too light of a string um, or too short of a scale length, you know, you kind of get that waver when you hit the string. It'll go sharp and then settle down, um, which, which is always going to happen regardless of how low you're tuned or whatever. But um, it's more prevalent on these, lo on these lower tunings. So having the right scale length and then understanding how or knowing how you play, you know, if you play hard, you know, you have to tune your guitar according to how you, to how hard you're picking. So you're so you're intonated and so you're in tune and whatnot. So it's it's a combination of of, of a lot of things, though. But I think I've kind of found after experimenting for years and years and years, uh, like the uh, happy middle ground between playability, intonation and tension. All right, Gabe. So uh, what are you using for string gauges and how you're tuning this one? Sure. Um, so yeah, this uh, one is tuned to double drop D and uh, double drop D variants. I tuned to a dadgad in this tuning as well, just with a low A and a D. And uh, this has 9 to 46 for the top six strings, uh, NYXLs. Then we have a 66 for the A, and then we also have, and then we have a 94 for the low D, which intonates everything pretty well. A little sharp on the 24th, but you know it's all good. And um, yeah, it, it holds it pretty well, unless you really, really whack the string and do it goes you, uh, Can you maybe play a little bit just to kind of give us a taste test of what this, what this mean machine can do? Sure, yeah. And then uh, for tone on this one, I'm using a Fortin uh, Meshuggah uh, pro profile in my Kemper. This is, uh, I've been using this tone live for the past year and in the studio for the past year. It's killer tone and I, I love all the Fortin stuff, so. Um, we'll give it a rip. <laughs> There's that D. It sounds good, man. It sounds, it sounds chunky. <laughs> it's pretty chunky, yeah. I, I, yeah this, is, I, I just, this is another guitar where I just love the feel of it. Um, the, the fan, or the multi-scale on this, the inch and a half like fan, I, for me, I've found to be pretty ideal and pretty comfortable for multi-scale instruments. Or sorry, for multi-scale guitars. Um, Anything past an inch and a half just starts to feel like a little you're like a little too stretched out for this kind of scale length. So inch and a half seems to be uh, pretty pretty comfortable for me at least when I'm whenever I'm on, on this this kind of instrument. And now is that something you'll tour with? Because I'm sure maybe you don't tour with all six or seven guitars. Is this a touring guitar? No, <laughs> uh, no, I do not tour with all six or seven guitars. That would be a nightmare. Um, and thankfully, we only use a couple tunings live, and I can change change on here well, like, what, as needed. I don't need to bring like a million guitars on tour. But uh, yeah, this is my main guitar live right now. 
Um, that might change very soon, though, because I do have an uh, 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 Aristides coming. It should be here, honestly, any day now. I just sent in the last payment, and the, and the build's done, so I think they're shipping it out next week. So I'm really stoked to get that one as well. But um, this is a yeah. This has been my live guitar for the past year, pretty much since I got it. No, s yes, since I've got it, it's been my it's been my main live my main live eight string, and um, yeah, I can flip flop between all all the three drop D tunings that we use on this thing, and uh, it's pretty solid on the road. Haven't had, well, I I did have one kind of weird issue with it, and this is uh, you'll discover this if you play multi scales and stuff like that. Uh, the the top string kept breaking on me because I I think I had two I used to play tens because I just like thicker strings, um, but I would be like in the middle of a solo and I'd go for like that you know resolving bend up there and it would just like snap on me like i think it happened like two shows in a row and it was just like super embarrassing but um since then i've gone down to nines for the top string and it's not so much of an issue also had an issue up here with the uh with the tuner as well there's like a little burr in it so corrected those two things and knock on wood gotcha man well sometimes you gotta you gotta be like quick on your feet and figure out and not be so hard and fast on your rules too like I'm a 10 to 46 guy. Well, was, you know, in that situation, you got to be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, not anymore. I'm not a 10 to 46 guy anymore. Back to nines. Uh, so <laughs> but so. What else you got laying over there for guitars? Sure. Um, so I'll show you the other one I have. I, I won't play that one because it's not, that one also hasn't been out of the case in years and it's not really set up very well, but I'll show it to you. And I, I also have another seven string in the same tuning, which the, the same pickups and everything. So, um, but this is one of my strictly sevens. Uh, this is the last custom I got from them. Um, it's pretty, pretty good guitar. It's just like a, like what? One, two, three, seven piece, maple walnut neck. Uh, that's what ash body, I think. Uh, but with the uh, flame maple top, ebony fretboard. Yeah, I just, I just like red and black. And uh, before uh, the company kind of went, well, they were already kind of going down downhill, but uh, Jim sent me this last one, and th this is actually my backup seven on the road right now. Um, it's also it's tuned to drop E, but um, yeah, it's a it's it's a great backup. There's an issue up here uh, with the uh, underneath the nuts. There's some like cracking with the wood and stuff like that that I need to repair. That's why it's not my main, uh, and a few other issues and stuff. Like that. <laughs> it's a great backup, and it's pretty so. <laughs> <laughs> Killer. But uh yeah, I'll move I'll move to the other seven string. Uh, excuse, excuse <laughs> me, dog. I have nowhere to put my instrument. It's funny how the dogs have a knack for uh taking up the most space when the most space is not allowed. I often find my dog has yes. takes up more space on the bed than I do. He's he's being pretty yeah. Yeah, he uh, he loves to like toss and turn and stretch and grunt and groan <laughs> all night, which I do the same thing, so I guess we're a pretty good match. So <laughs> But uh, okay, so this is it's pretty much same exact guitar uh, as far as woods and, and scale length as the 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 red one behind me. Um, but yeah, another strictly seven, circa 2012. Uh, this is one they were making, in my humble opinion, like the best extended range instruments uh, in the game. Like when they first exploded onto like the guitar scene, um, my buddy had one and I played it and I was like, whoa, this guitar like feels crazy. Um, and just uh, th like the ergonomics of the design, they have like a pretty unique like teardrop D-shaped neck, which is like super comfortable, especially for these like wide fretboards. Uh, the neck is like pretty thick too compared to like standard necks, um, which I like. It just uh, 
just feels a little more sturdy in your hands. And I, I, I like a little thicker necks. I don't like super thin necks. Um, it's just, I don't know, I just like a little more to, little more to hold on to over there. Um, but yeah, 27 and a half inch scale holds this low E uh, pretty well. I have 12 to 80 gauge strings on here, NYXLs, because 80 is the biggest string you can fit in a Floyd. Um, and yeah, this, this guitar is killer. I've had this guitar for seven or eight years now. Ever since I got sevens, I've been tuning it to drop E, and it's this thing's been a solid, trusty metal warhorse ever since I got it, so love this thing. I'm I love the black with the white binding. It looks like a tuxedo. Very classy. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? I never thought of the tuxedo idea. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a. Sure. Well, you mind playing a little bit for us? I'd love to hear kind of like what a uh, drop E sounds like because, man, I can't yeah. say I've, I've played in it. It sounds like this. So yeah, th this is another one. It just like feels super solid and it's a lot of fun to play. This one, I do have bare knuckles in here, uh, a nail bomb in the bridge and an aftermath in the neck. I do not like the aftermaths in the bridge. It's just like a little too bitey sounding for me. The nail bomb's like a little cooler and you can kind of like wrangle the tone a little easier uh, in my opinion. But in the neck, the aftermath sounds killer. So I do like it in that position. Do you use the Floyd Rose much? Uh, I know it's there, but do, is it something you use much with Enterprise? Yes, and I, I, I'll use it for, you know, standard standard dive bomby stuff, but I use it for a lot of uh, rhythm things, too, um, as far as, like, open string bends, like, to kind of hit certain pitches and stuff like that. Like, there's a, a song on Luciferous called Infernal Suffering, where, like, the main riff, it goes from E, and then it drops down to an E flat, and then it drops down to a B. Uh, and I and I use the open string bend to hit all of those pitches uh, versus pitch shifting. Um, I do use some pitch shifting as well, but um, it, there's a certain feel you get whenever you you are creating the the note yourself, um, which, which which I really like. And then there's the other kind of like kind of like slap your hand against the against the bridge to to get the open string bend. So um, I like to add a lot of those little rhythmic articulations <laughs> in, into my rhythm playing. It's an expressive tool. I think it's just like, it's just like with the anger or just the way that you hit it, it it's nice to have that almost instant feedback of hitting it. And then the note changes based on your, I guess, hitting it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's very, it's very exp expressive would be the right word. And yeah, I have to have a Floyd if I'm playing in drop E cause I do those rhythm things a lot. And it's, I could go in and automate in my Kemper, all these little pitch shifty bends and stuff like that, but it's just not the same. Um, I, you know, I like to actually do it and I, I have more fun playing that way. So, um, yeah, yeah. Floyds are great, but they are also a total pain in the ass. So it's, uh, you gotta take the good with the well, bad. Man, I, before we move into your Kemper and kind of, kind of pick that apart a bit, uh, I, I'm curious if you have it around, maybe you want to show us if not, no big deal, but I got to imagine you have the Martin nearby, right? Cause I think this is cool. Oh, because it is right no in front of me. I'll uh, grab that. You know, hip to you. They should definitely go on Instagram and follow you at death metal gypsy and see all the different videos that you're producing and the stuff you're doing with Enterprise. I know that you've done some stuff also, but a lot of the stuff you do is just you performing somewhere out in the wilderness with you and your Martin. 
So, and I I have done like the like the live audio in the wilderness things with like uh, electric guitar playthroughs um, in the past. Um, for those kind of videos though, just because it's um, for the acoustic videos, just because it's like um, I, I'm going for like cinematography kind of, and, and and I want this you know audio to be pristine. And acoustics such a sensitive instrument. Um, I, I, I do just have the track pre-recorded and so I'll record it in the mm -hmm. studio then I'll just go film just like just like a regular music video or anything like that um, maybe if I was like a, an incredible super good player I, I would do it maybe one day uh, like a total live thing and I that's something I actually should do just just for fun one day as well just to go for it um, but yeah just to kind of just get everything nice and tight I, I, I will just have the track pre-recorded and then just film a video um, when I'm out in the woods and it also makes filming a little easier because when you when you go to re remote locations um, Sometimes like bring in all the gear and like batteries and a way to charge the batteries and record yourself and like all it, the, the logistics of that can get pretty uh, Difficult sometimes if I'm not like if I'm not right next to my rig or right next to my van Which also has like an inverter and battery um, So just to make things easier on myself I usually just I'll just film it and then record at home for now so Gotcha. Well, man, uh, what do you dig about this Martin? Um, yeah, this is uh, so this is a Martin DCP A4. I've had this thing for many, many years now. Um, it was uh, when I was looking for my, you know, first acoustic, first like really good, acu good acoustic, whatever that means. Um, it was between like a Martin and a Taylor, and because my uh, my, uh, my dad had a Taylor at home, I forget which model, but I love Taylor guitars as well. And um, I went to the store and played them both. And the Martin, in my opinion, sounded better than the Taylor, which is like the Taylor was twice the price as the Martin. And um, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, give me the Martin. And um, yeah, I just like the tone of this thing. Very comfortable to play as well. I have the Fishman Rare Earth Blend uh, mic pickup combo in this thing. Um, this is a fantastic mic pickup combo. Um, I'll use it. I, I mainly just use the mic in this thing, actually. Um, not so much the pickup, even though you can stereo split it, so you can put different effects and record two separate signals. Um, but yeah, I mainly just use the mic because I feel like it has a better natural tone. And it looks like the mic's kind of like falling down in there, so we'll see if it sounds like it normally does because I didn't have a chance to adjust it. But um, yeah, and the mic also picks up all the pops and slaps and cracks and stuff like that, like really, really well. And um, yeah, really surprised with the tone, how well of a tone this thing can produce without having to like actually get a couple mics on your guitar. So. Well, if you don't mind, man, I'd love to hear it. And I wouldn't be disappointed if you busted out some Zelda. Oh, shit. Uh, well, for that video, I need like five of me, I guess. Um, but <laughs> to, to, to do all the parts. <laughs> yeah, um, right now I have this in Dadgad. Um, love this tuning, fantastic. Um, I also use this in standard, drop D, open C minor um, and sometimes I'll just change it to something new just for fun so it's um, it's just a really and I, I love dadgad just because uh, the another cool thing about open tunings is uh, you can't or everything's technically in key as long as you're in D so if you hit a wrong note no one notices and uh, <laughs> that's another perk of the open tunings but um, here we go Thank you. 
yeah, uh, love this guitar. It's fantastic. So. Is that what you track with like Luciferous and uh, the new uh, Foundation EP have have the Martin on it for the, those acoustic parts? Um, so Foundation of Bones EP, yes, all acoustics were done with this guitar with the Fishman uh, recorded in here. Uh, on Luciferous, I actually um, I I had some issues uh, with the setup on this this guitar. I brought it down with me to Florida to uh, Audio Hammer, and um, the first year I had this out here with me in the desert, uh, you know, acoustics are very sensitive instruments, and um, the neck had actually started to warp up, like not just a standard bow or underbow, it like the neck actually started warping up this way. And um, it, it was so bad that it needed a neck reset and um, couldn't really get it done in time for the studio. So I used, uh, Jason had a friend who had a really nice tailor, so I just used a tailor for the, for the Luciferous recordings. Um, but this uh, all future, or the, the, the coming LP will be done all done with this guitar with the Fishman Fluence here in the box. Right on, man. Um, I think this would be a good time if you want to grab uh, maybe your favorite guitar or the guitar you think you most want to play right now and kind of dive through some of the Kemper profiles you're using. So, Kemper World over here. Um, yeah, there's a few go-to profiles that I have. Uh, the main one, which I was demoing this and the 8-string, is the Fortin uh, Mashuga profile. This particular one is called Fortin with Bacon. Um, that I have adjusted, yeah, that I have adjusted to uh, my, my own likings and settings and stuff like that. Um, Fortin makes killer stuff. I, 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 I love their amps. They just kind of sound like meaner, like 5150s or 6505s or something like that. And uh, they just have like a really unique char character to them. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable playing them. I think they, you know, in whenever I'm playing a guitar going through one of their heads or profiles, it just feels really natural. Important with uh, the sugar with bacon. It's really mean, just classic metal tone. It's just, uh, just killing. Did you change tone. that from? Uh, I remember hearing an interview you did maybe a year or two ago. You had like a, a for your main rhythms was like a 6505 profile with a tube screamer. Is that kind of like the shift yeah, that you that made to this? Yep, I shifted to this one. Um, it was shortly after uh, I was using the 6505, which I do still have that in here. I'll go to that now. Um, but yeah, the 6505 was the profile that we used on Luciferous. I love that profile. Nothing wrong with that profile at all. It's just when I started playing, the, I got these Fortin profiles. It just kind of was like, wow, this is just, I, I just love this. Here's the 6505. This, this is the same, again, same profile and tone that we had on Luciferous. Another killer tone. Um, I, there's so many killer tones out there. You could play, I could play through amps and heads all day and like not get bored. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, this one's great too. I don't think I have it gained or EQ'd the same, but uh, th this one, it's still great. It's just like, you can hear, it's a little more, th I guess the thing I like about the Fortin compared to this one, the Fortin just sounds like a little more modern. And meaner while still retaining all of that like classic like crunch and slice and grit that you find with the 6505 um, so. so yeah again another killer beefy tone but um it's like a little i guess if i there's the thing i didn't like about this it's like a little bitey sounding and yeah you can eq things out but um you know obviously getting the tone right or 
as good as you can get it at the source is is crucial so um that that was another part of my switching to the to the fort how long have you for for uh for Gabe, how long have you been like a, a kemper guy i i know that for years at least with enterprise and touring you, you're using it but when did you make the shift to being kind of a kemper guy and is it does it go across all the bands you play um, it was about uh, a couple years ago, because um, the first year of touring with Enterprise, I had an XFX, uh, XFX Ultra, um, which that was great. Um, it was like one of the first one Ultras from like 2009 or 10 or something like that, and um, still had killer tone. But um, I think who was the first? Per I who did we tour with that had Kempers? We 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 toured with uh, Rivers of Nile and uh, Thy Art Is Murder. Um, or no, it was a, a there was bands before that that had Kempers too because that was the first tour. The first tour I I used the Kemper was on that tour with Dyer's Murder, Dying Fetus, and uh, Rivers of Nile, and um, I I forget who I saw using it before, but I, I played through a Kemper at someone's place, and um, yeah, it was just I was like, wow, this sounds this German box has sucked the soul out of all these amps, and it's like amazing. So uh, yeah, it's. It's just as soon as I played through one, it was like, yep, I'm making the switch, selling the XFX and going back or going to the Kemper. Do you have any amps or do you use any amps anymore, like tube heads? I know that you probably play around and mess around with friends stuff, but uh, is that anything you own? Yeah, I'm just I'm just digital these days. Um, the last amp I had, uh, oh, I mean, even before Kemper, I was all digital with my XFX. And uh, the last head that I had or amp that I had was a Mesa, Mesa Dual Rec back in like 2010 or 11, something like that. I switched to Axe Effects around 2011, 2012. Um, and also like living in my current situation doesn't really like, um, it doesn't facilitate amps uh, or facilitate the use for amps just because uh, having these big heavy things in your, in your tiny you know, trailer space takes up a lot of space and adds weight and stuff like that. So unfortunately I can have a nice wall of amps back here somewhere, even though that'd be sick. <laughs> It'd be funny if they're just all dummies, but yeah, I hear you, man. And um, so <laughs> that's an idea. I have a bunch of dummy heads back there. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> or just paint it into the wall. So it looks like it. it's almost like a like wallpaper of some sort. Yeah. But in a live situation, are you guys going direct? Are you got uh, in-ears? Are you using cabs or anything? Uh, so live, we uh, so out of the back of the Kemper, we do go direct to front of house for our tone. But then we also use cabs for stage presence and monitoring. Um, and I, I just like the look and feel of cabs on stage. Yeah, I mean, you don't need them as much um, these days. But um, yeah, I just like it just feels rock and roll. Uh, just having some cabs on stage pushing, pushing air behind you. Um, and especially like the venues that, you know, if, if we're playing like a three to 500 cap venue, then having cabs really does add to the tone, um, in, in terms of like guitar presence uh, on stage and, 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 and when it's coming out to the crowd as well, once you get a, like 500, a thousand cap venues, cabs, no one's really hearing that anymore, but, um, for, for smaller clubs and stuff like that, it's, it's still a big part of my tone and big part of anyone's tone that's using them and uh yeah so I, I like to combine the digital and the uh and the cab world do you have a cab or is it something that you rent or backline on your tours uh so the cabs are in not this trailer in the band trailer which is in storage in uh la so all all of the heavy equipment is in storage over there we just go get that stuff whenever it's time to play shows um no cabs here because um again i have no idea where the hell i'd put a cab <laughs> in this space <laughs> uh Maybe uh, yeah, maybe the the dummy thing would be another good idea. So. Do you have a? <laughs> or, or maybe maybe I I could like refurbish my cabinets into guitar cabinets uh, and. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know. <laughs> what, well, do you have a, uh, like a, a 4 by 12 or like a Mesa Boogie or a Marshall or something? Yeah, I just have two uh, 412 Mesa slants just with V30s, the old, old standard Mesa cab. Um, yeah, and that, that, that's what I use live, tried and true. I haven't really found a reason to change cabs yet. So. Right on. Well, uh, I imagine the Fortin is kind of your rhythm tone. What do you use for like a lead? Like what's a, a patch or a, a modeling setup that you use sure. for a lead tone? So let me go to that one. Um, so this is my main lead. There's a couple of different lead tones I've been aud auditioning lately. Um, but this is this is the main the main rig. This is also well. This is not the lead tone we use on Luciferous. Uh, even though I kind of kind of wish we did would it or I, I kind of wish we would have used this one but this is it's a modded JCM 800 profile um, I forget exactly what was modded this is one of Jason Sukoff's secret sauce profiles that I'm not allowed to share with anyone <laughs> um, so thank you Jay for sending me this and I have not shared it with a single soul and nor will I unless you give me permission so um, yeah it's I, I forget exactly what was modded about it but I I think he told me something about it, it was the same JCM 800 that was profiled that like Green Day used on one of their albums or something like that. Um, but it's just got that classic Marshall, classic Marshall lead. Let me get some delay and verb to do lead stuff over here. It's just like really crisp and crunchy and cuts really well. Um, yeah, and it's again secret sauce Sukov profile, so maybe that's why it sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you how or how did you yeah. comprise the solo for Sleep Is for the Dead? Because it has like that harmonized thing. Did you do like two takes at it and then pan it, or how how did you have that like harmonized solo? Yeah, so that's solo. Can I play it on this one? Because it's in a different tuning than this, but. Um, I haven't played that solo in a long time. I might embarrass myself, uh, but um, it's a, yeah. It, it was just uh, yeah a left and a right track for the harmonies. I, I love doing harmonized lead stuff. I just uh, just big fan of like Iron Maiden and all the classic '80s harmony stuff and whatnot. So that stuff always finds its way in, into my lead playing. And um, yeah, so that's just a left and a right pan. Sometimes I'll do like a a main like the the melody in the middle, and then I'll stereo split the harmony left and right. Um, it, all, it all depends like what the solo needs. Maybe it needs like that two guitar feel. Maybe it just needs like the main feel, but reinforced with harmonies. That's when I'll use the stereo split. Um, but yeah, I love doing a, a nice, a nice, har a nice third harmony always sounds very uh, pleasing to the ears and mind and body. <laughs> <laughs> it's all encompassing. What, uh, are there any other like major yes. camper <laughs> profiles that you use or that you go to for any of your projects? Um, it's, those are the two main ones for rhythms and leads. I think I have a couple cleans in here. Let me see what I got. That I'll use here periodically. Um, I think this is, oh yeah, this is a Randall Satan profile. Get this noise out of here. Um, this is from, this is my buddy, uh, Brody Utley from Rivers of Now. He had like a tone crate uh Kemper bundle come out like a year or two ago something like that and um he was nice enough to send these over to me and some really killer tones over here um I never played like 
uh, like through a Randall Satan head or profile before, and then I heard this thing, and I was like, man, this actually sounds really nice. It's got like a nice like bark, like mid bark snarl to it, which is like bark, 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 like chicken bark, 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 or whatever. Um, but it's it's, it's just really it's really cuts through it cuts through really well. Yeah, that's an, that, I've I've been auditioning that one for leads as well. Maybe I'll try to do like a blend with the JCM and and this one uh, whenever it, it's time for album stuff. Um, so there's one. Oh, we have the the ever so classic Fender Twin profile, which I've used many times. Um, what do we got here? Ooh, we have some rotary effects on this one as well. On this profile. <laughs> Oh, there we go. That's what we want. That's that lush. Alright, in the single coil. Yay! Yeah, classic Fender Twin. This was also one of, uh, b before I sold all my amps and stuff, I also had, it was uh, like the 68 reissue Fender Twin, uh, which I would use back home in Pittsburgh. I used to play in like a cover band and stuff like that, and I would use that amp for, for those gigs, and it just, it took pedals so well. And um, one of the best, uh, the, the the Fender Twin and then the, uh, what, the, the Roland, uh, what, JC120, right, is... Uh, the two my two of my favorite clean tones. Um, we 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 used a, a 120 uh, model on Luciferous for all the cleans, and yeah, just between these two, those two amps, just can't beat just can't beat that clean tone. It's just so lush and awesome, and takes pedals really well too. Now, is there any like uh, dramatic effects that you use with Enterprise Earth, or is it pretty much kind of clean tone and then just brutal and more brutal and the br brutalist? <laughs> the brutalist. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it, there's there's everything from brutalist to no gain at all to uh, some like just light dirty tones and stuff like texture texture tones and stuff like that. It all depends what the part needs. Sometimes if it's like a specific overtone, if there's I like to write in a lot of layers. So if there's a lot of guitars going on, um, if you add like an overtone guitar layer, but it's still full gain, just like your other guitars, it can kind of get all the fizz and noise from the distortion can kind of make it lost in the mix and that's something that you can't really eq out so for certain overtones where i want each note to be really heard but i don't like want a clean tone um i'll go up somewhere in the middle i'll go like just like a lightly overdriven tone compress it a little bit so it uh so everything's there and that way you can hear all the notes and hear exactly what's going on without it just getting totally washed out right on man well, what else do you got going on the rest of the year? I know it sounds like you're pretty much wrapped and, and your portion of writing the new record. Uh, is, are you, I know that at one point you were offering guitar lessons. I don't know if you're still doing that. Is that something you're doing? Or mm -hmm. what else you got going on for 2020? Yeah, um, I, I do do guitar lessons, although not right now, just because I'm in full-time writing and recording mode. So uh, once that's done, I'll be picking lessons back up again sometime in October, I think. Um, but yeah, right now, only thing on my plate is just getting this album done, getting it 
getting the writing done, getting the recording done. Um, and then that's, I don't, I don't have any plans for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that, that, that's all I got right now and figure, figure out the rest as we go. We, we have some tentative touring plans for the spring of next year. Obviously who knows if that's actually going to happen. It's just, it's a thing we just got to wait and see. Um, but yeah, right now it's just uh, day by day living, living in the moment in the present thing, just recording this album. So that's it for me. Now, uh, to follow up with the recording uh, situation is, are you guys going to take all your pieces and put them together and you'll do all that yourself? Or are you guys going to meet up in a studio? Like, how is that going to work? Or are you guys really going to do everything remote? Um, so yeah, we are going to self-produce. Um, but yeah, I think I'll do all guitars and bass here. Um, Dr Brandon will do all drums in somewhere in LA. I'm not sure if we're going to rent a studio this time or use the space we used last time for Foundation of Bones. Uh, and then Dan, I think uh, for the EP, it was okay to, to do vocals remotely just because we were only doing a handful of songs and those songs were like pretty straightforward. But um, for, for a whole album, I would like to track Dan here in the studio um, just because I feel like that would uh, things would go like a lot smoother that way and that way we can go through all the vocals with a fine tooth comb and I don't have to like get his files and you know be like oh you know adjust your consonant sixteenth mm. uh, of a note this way and do all this weird stuff where you know if we can just do it live in real time that's way more efficient for recording yeah. so cool man well Gabe yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time and making this work with uh, you know being out in the woods or I guess on the mountains but in the woods as well but man I appreciate it this is awesome yeah, and uh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me uh, do the rig rundown. It is a true honor, um, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So killer, man. Thank well, you. Uh, I'll let you go. Everyone out there, stay safe. And uh, Gabe, take plenty of water with you and the dog when you guys take hikes. Yes, yes, we always do. I need to get him like a little doggy back backpack thing so he can carry his own water because he drinks just <laughs> as much as I do. So it's uh, yeah. Well, you guys stay awesome out there in New Mexico, and everyone else stay well out there as well.